He asked me to come to the Emery's, where he had been staying for a few days, the morning of 5th December, the day of his sailing, and I was there at 8 o'clock, that last morning. I stood at the door of his room, gazing in, my eyes drinking their fill, if they ever could drink their fill, of the divine figure as he sat or stood moving about the room. He called me in twice. The second time he took my hand. Remember, he said, I am with you always. Baha'u'llah will be with you always. Carrie Kinney was there that morning, and Ned, and Ali Kuli Khan, and Florence, Edna Ballora and her husband, Harriet McGee, Mrs. Parsons, and Mrs. Hannon. The master had invited Mama, too, but she had not felt well enough to go. We drove to the boat and followed him up to his cabin. Many believers were crowding the cabin. Later, we all went upstairs and sat in a large room with him. Very soon he rose and, walking up and down, delivered to us his last spoken message. He said, As to you, your efforts must be lofty. Exert yourselves with heart and soul that perchance through your efforts the light of universal peace may shine, and this darkness of estrangement and enmity may be dispelled from amongst men. You have no excuse to bring before God if you fail to live according to his command, for you are informed of that which constitutes the good pleasure of God. It is my hope that you may become successful in this high calling, so that like brilliant lamps you may cast light upon the world of humanity and quicken and stir the body of existence like unto a spirit of life. This is eternal glory. This is everlasting felicity. This is immortal life. This is heavenly attainment. This is being created in God's image and likeness. And unto this I call you praying to God to strengthen and bless you. He seated himself again in a corner of the large cabin. All the believers flocked around him. We slowly passed in front of him. To each he gave a handful of flowers massed near him. And to each he spoke a few words of love and encouragement. When my own turn came, I again forgot all but his nearness and the overwhelming fact that never again in this world would I see him or hear that beloved voice. I impulsively dropped to a knee, raised his hand with mine and placed it upon my head. Never shall I forget the relaxation of that arm and hand. It made no move of itself. It was a dead weight in my clasp, but his face was illumined with transcendent light. Here was my final indelible impression of that supreme humility, evanescence, servitude and love which ever characterized his slightest act and which never failed. I sat opposite him at a little distance weeping quietly. A great fear had taken possession of me. A question had risen in my mind which must be answered or I should have no peace. I should be left in a frantic state. 
I rose and walked over to him and stood before him. My Lord, I said, each time I have parted from you, in Haifa, in Europe, you have said you would call me again to you. Each time you gave me hope that I would see you again. But this time you gave me no hope. Won't I see you again, my Lord? This is my hope, he replied. But still you don't tell me, my Lord, and it makes me feel hopeless. You must not feel hopeless. The friends gathered on the wharf, looked up at the figure of their master as the ship slowly moved into the river. It was death to leave that ship. I stood on the pier with May Maxwell, tears blurring my sight. Through them I could see the master in the midst of the group of Persians waving a patient hand to us. Abdu'l-Bahá stood at the rail, his white hair and beard moved by the breeze, his erect, majestic figure outlined clearly. In his hand I noticed the rosary, which was his constant companion. It waved and waved, that beautiful, patient hand, till the figure was lost to sight. His lips were moving, I could easily read those lips. Allawapa, Allawapa, God the most glorious, God the most glorious. You're listening to the Journey West podcast, dedicated to following the travels of Abdu'l-Bahá in the West. This week is especially hard, not just because we're leaving America, but also because I'm saying goodbye to my dear co-host, Mary O'Conquill. Don't worry, everything's fine. She's just moving to her next adventure on her path of service. But before you go, maybe you can share with us um, your own experiences of how following the Master's travel impacted you. Okay, Lorraine. <laughs> Participating in this project has been really special because amidst all the research and work that we've done, you really see how vivid and vibrant Abdu'l-Bahá's travels to the West improve the community there. And as I'm going back home to Texas, it will really inform how I serve in my communities, thinking about how these early believers did everything they could in order to serve the covenant. And at that time, the master was the sender of the covenant. And I will use the guidance of the Universal House of Justice to propel me forth in my future endeavors. Thanks, Mary, for sharing. <laughs> so before we move on to the Master's final talk, let's review the following quotation by The Guardian. A most significant scene in the century-old drama had been enacted. A glorious chapter in the history of the first Baha'i century 
had been written. Seeds of undreamt of potentialities had, with the hand of the center of the covenant himself, been sown in some of the fertile fields of the Western world. Never, in the entire range of religious history, had any figure of comparable stature arisen to perform a labor of such magnitude and imperishable worth. Forces were unleashed, through whose fateful journeys, which even now, at the distance of well-nigh thirty-five years, we are unable to measure or comprehend. 5th December 1912 Talk on Day of Departure on board Steamship Celtic, New York This is my last meeting with you. For now, I am on the ship ready to sail away. These are my final words of exhortation. I have repeatedly summoned you to the cause of the unity of the world of humanity, announcing that all mankind are the servants of the same God, that God is the creator of all. He is the provider and life giver. All are equally beloved by him and are his servants upon whom his mercy and compassion descend. Therefore, you must manifest the greatest kindness and love toward the nations of the world, setting aside fanaticism, abandoning religious, national and racial prejudice. The earth is one native land, one home, and all mankind are the children of one father. God has created them and they are the recipients of his compassion. Therefore, if anyone offends another, he offends God. It is the wish of our Heavenly Father that every heart should rejoice and be filled with happiness, that we should live together in felicity and joy. The obstacle to human happiness is racial or religious prejudice. The competitive struggle for existence and inhumanity toward each other. Your eyes have been illumined, your ears are attentive, your hearts knowing. You must be free from prejudice and fanaticism, beholding no differences between the races and religions. You must look to God, for He is the real shepherd and all humanity are his sheep. He loves them and loves them equally. As this is true, should the sheep quarrel among themselves, they should manifest gratitude and thankfulness to God. And the best way to thank God is to love one another. Beware lest ye offend any heart, lest ye speak against anyone in his absence lest ye estrange yourselves from the servants of God. You must consider all his servants as your own family and relations. Direct your whole effort toward the happiness of those who are despondent. Bestow food upon the hungry, clothe the needy, and glorify 
the humble. Be a helper to every helpless one and manifest kindness to your fellow creatures in order that ye may attain the good pleasure of God. This is conducive to the illumination of the world of humanity and eternal felicity for yourselves. I seek from God everlasting glory in your behalf. Therefore, this is my prayer and exhortation. Consider what is happening in the Balkans. Human blood is being shed. Properties are destroyed. Possessions pillaged. Cities and villages devastated. A world enkindling fire is astir in the Balkans. God has created men to love each other. But instead, they kill each other with cruelty and bloodshed. God has created them that they may cooperate and mingle in accord. But instead, they ravage, plunder and destroy in the carnage of battle. God has created them to be the cause of mutual felicity and peace. But instead, discord, lamentation and anguish rise from the hearts of the innocent and afflicted. As to you, your efforts must be lofty. Exert yourselves with heart and soul so that perchance through your efforts the light of universal peace may shine and this darkness of estrangement and enmity may be dispelled from amongst men. That all men may become as one family and consort together in love and kindness that the East may assist the West and the West give help to the East. For all the inhabitants of one planet, the people of one original native land and the flocks of one shepherd. Consider how the prophets who have been sent, the great souls who have appeared and the sages who have arisen in the world have exhorted mankind to unity and love. This has been the essence of their mission and teaching. This has been the goal of their guidance and message. The prophets, saints, seers and philosophers have sacrificed their lives in order to establish these principles and teachings amongst men. Consider the heedlessness of the world, for notwithstanding their efforts and sufferings of the prophets of God, the nations and the people are still engaged in hostility and fighting. Notwithstanding the heavenly commandments to love one another, they are still shedding each other's blood. How heedless and ignorant are the people of the world. How gross the darkness which envelops them. Although they are the children of a compassionate God, they continue to live and act in opposition to his will and good pleasure. God is loving and kind to all men, yet they show the utmost enmity and hatred towards each other. God is the giver of life to them, and yet they constantly seek to destroy life. God blesses and protects their homes 
they rage, sack and destroy each other's homes. Consider their ignorance and heedlessness. Your duty is of another kind, for you are informed of the mysteries of God. Your eyes are illumined, your ears are quickened with hearing. You must, therefore, look toward each other and then toward mankind with the utmost love and kindness. You have no excuse to bring before God if you fail to live according to his command. For you are informed of that which constitutes the good pleasure of God. You have heard his commandments and precepts. You must, therefore, be kind to all men. You must even treat your enemies as your friends. You must consider your evil wishers as your well-wishers. Those who are not agreeable toward you must be regarded as those who are congenial and pleasant so that, perchance, this darkness of disagreement and conflict may disappear from amongst men and the light of divine may shine forth, so that the Orient may be illumined and the Occident filled with fragrance, nay, so that the East and West may embrace each other in love and deal with one another in sympathy and affection. Until man reaches this high station, the world of humanity shall not find rest and the eternal felicity shall not be attained. But if man lives up to these divine commandments, this world of earth shall be transformed into the world of heaven and this material sphere shall be converted into a paradise of glory. It is my hope that you may become successful in this high calling, so that like brilliant lamps you may cast light upon the world of humanity and quicken and stir the body of existence like unto a spirit of life. This is eternal glory. This is everlasting felicity. This is immortal life. This is heavenly attainment. This is being created in the image and likeness of God. And unto this I call you, praying to God to strengthen and to bless you. Now to our roundtable discussion. I am Eminoni and uh, from a farming background um, and doing a little bit of education. Hi, I'm Jude. I'm self-employed in the tourism industry. This is a farewell speech uh, from uh, Abdul Baha'is is leaving the States uh, on a steamship. Um, and um, the first two uh, paragraphs of this are pretty much profound because um, he calls forward on, he tries to show us that human beings, regardless of color, the ideas or ideologies that we have in our head, we're basically from the same place. Humanity is one. And he puts forth a few points there that causes dissension amongst the people. But I think his underlying message is one of unity of humanity. And also he, he gives us like... Uh, 
things to be to avoid like he pointed out that we should abandon fanaticism um religious national and racial prejudice so that we can achieve that unity of other human race those are the two things he was pointed pointing out to us i was thinking like um, from what we see these days uh, in what forms like concrete form do we see prejudices in terms of like racial religious final one was uh, national because i think one of the main thing as as an individual if you can identify like what you're looking at like the components of uh, what these prejudices are in your own society you become a better tool or a better a better human at dealing with it the writing provides a whole lot of backup for this not only backup but also like foundation so the question here is uh, sometimes we are blind to these forms of prejudices because we've grown up with it and at times we think that it's a normal way of living and when you as a learned person because that's another thing that uh, bahaullah stated as a person who has insight uh, i mean sorry abdul baha as a person who has insight um, it is our duty that uh, to to shed light into the darkness so i think in order to shed light you should know what shape the darkness is in touching on that because it's it's stated on the second paragraph too uh, um, abdul baha said the obstacle to human happiness is racial or religious prejudice the competitive struggle for existence and in inhumanity towards each other and 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 for me personally like there's a sentence here that pushes me because abdul baha states it clearly i seek from god he himself is seeking from god everlasting glory in your behalf so he's like that that by itself like whoa abdul baha is like asking us and he's seeking from god uh, this everlasting glory for us not for himself and that to me is like the greatest motivator therefore this is my prayer and exhortation that's that's pretty touching if if you are infused with the faith and you know what's what directions you are going in to hear something like that like sometimes because of this outside influences you we find ourselves like sometimes doubting like our own progress or doubting the path that we are taking that's why it's great to have friends accompaniment to accompany you along on that path and sometimes if you like education is important if you read a lot whole lot of literature you come across these pieces of gems that makes you jump on your feet and skip a little bit more kilometers in terms of encouraging humanity <laughs> also that same paragraph <coughs> that he give that uh, that uh, way what you just told that what Abdul Baha's design so he also is telling us to to go out you know to go out and help others because your happiness does not depend on you yourself going inside yourself but go out help the others help the needy help the people that are in problem that need go out and give love because that's going to bring you happiness because it shows you that for your own happiness you got you have to go out there to go and give it to people so that in turn you you get your happiness and you get your high elevation 
and what he, like you said, just like you said, what he guaranteed us that he, he's supporting us in that. He's giving us his prayers, and I think that is is a good motivation for us as Baha'is to go out there and to, and to step out and reach out for people. You know, starting when we put it in reality with the life today, I can see that like study circle also is a big way to promote this. When you go out, you go and help others and your growth and progress depends on that when you give to others, that in turn you, you grow yourself. That's uh, like, a, I mean, a huge space for you to go out and to reach out to people. And, and, and also further down, I mean, as a Baha'i, um, Abdul Baha's give, I mean, there's a duty for us, you know. So, as we've been informed of that, of the unity, and saying, we should really fail not to live according to that, you know, and to, to really share the the news to others, really to promote, like, I mean, uh, racial unity, unity of religion and that. I mean, he also like, gave us that duty to, as we've, we've heard of this, we should go out there and, and, and really give it to the world. I think, like, to put it in the world today, we can, like, really start with ourselves and try to... Because sometimes we also got a oh, little slight prejudice here and there, you know. I think, I mean, after Abdul Baha told us that duty that we have to go and really... Because we, we are aware of, about it, and as Baha'i, we should, like, really start changing ourselves and then we go out there and share with the people about the racial unity, racial prejudice and stuff like that so that, you know, we can really bring those teaching to others. And then Abdul Baha con continues and points out like uh, a very good example of how tremendously um, horrifying like this disunity can be. He pointed out the, the Second World War, where people are like just massacring each other, and and then, and then he says like God when He created us, He didn't create us differently. We are all of one species. Uh, we are all made of the same material. We are all imbued with uh, the virtues of God, but our own limitations that we have somehow. Uh, haven't taken time to get over or to overcome like with the with the helps of uh, of the religious uh, materials that we have around us um, has made us uh, a little bit blind and because of this uh, spiritual blindness often like a lot of atrocious things come out in this world and he's trying he's like telling the people here like Regardless of your differences and everything, God created you as one. All the messengers that he sent uh, from before until now had two main messages. One is of love and the other is of unity. That is how important those two points are to the world of humanity. Without love and without unity, it's like everything else seems baseless without any weight to it. And also there's an interesting phrase where he say, until man reaches this high station, the wall of humanity shall not find rest, and eternal felicity shall not be attained. But if man lives up to the divine commandments, this wall of earth shall be transformed into the wall of heaven. This material space shall be converted into a paradise of glory. I mean, 
this like reassures us that it's it's very easy to I mean you know it's very easy to have a better way you just you know just observe the commandment just remove the prejudice like everybody's finding for a solution out of the problem you know most people when they when they face with problem they go into their prejudices like racial or or national prejudice so they they seek that they make that as a pr- to protect themselves from all the troubles and stuff but like Abdul Baha tells us it's contrary it's when you, you you really go out to people you really observe the commandments and recognize that we are all the, we are all the same and even though there's problem we can still tackle the problem togetherness and rather than closing on ourselves and give us assurance that if we if we observe the commandment like to regard men as all equal and remove all those prejudices the world will be will be a better place rather than closing ourselves thinking that we're protecting ourselves from from all those problems i think this is talking directly to the believers because he says your duty is of another kind for for we are like informed of the mysteries of god that too is another like amazing sentence because who can claim in any religion like oh yeah just because i read religious writing I'm informed of the mysteries of God. That in itself like tells us that at all times everything we should do the the base should be from the religious writings the the moral implications and attributes that it gives us and the powerful spiritual messages that affects all the human hearts that it touches. Yeah, and also I think like to be practical in this this day we live in so that we could put forward that that uh, commandments a practical way just like each individual i mean try to get to know different cultures learn to know i mean different places different that so that you you educate yourself in that and then you can pass it on to your children like as bahais you can start with our children's classes we can help them to appreciate different cultures different values in different places and we can also with our junior youth so that we start now and definitely in the future there'll be that that great change because we start first with ourselves and with our children and with our youth so i can say as bahai we have this duty to really maintain the course of vision that right track of having unity in every field religious um national etc yeah so we we have this duty to really make Christian the right course uh, abdul baha says yeah you have no excuse to bring before god if you fail to live according to his command for you are informed of that which constitutes of the good pleasure of god reading that from that last statement as an individual believer we we have a really really wonderful duty it's like what Jude said before gives that gives on keeps on giving so the onus is on us to get out there be an agent of change and try to create a wonderful new history that's it for the podcast this week special thanks to Janice Vanderdool and David Hansberger for playing Juliet Thompson and Howard Colby Ives in our feature story as well as Pravin for reading Also thanks to our round table guests, Jude Dogley and Emanoni Ravioka. If you'd like more information about Abdul Baha's travels in the West, visit our site www.thejourneywest.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Journey West. Thanks everyone. Bye.